Welcome to the Hope on the Hard Road podcast, where you and your family can find community, find encouragement, and find hope for the road ahead. Speak encouraging words to one another. Build up hope so that you will all be together in this. 1 Thessalonians 5.11 You guys are going to love today's episode from our special needs ministry series. Mark Arnold brings a wealth of knowledge and experience working with churches all over the UK. He has a passion to see churches worldwide embrace the special needs community and develop programs to meet their needs. Let's get started. Well, hi, Mark. It's uh, wonderful to have you on here, you know, to, to be able to on our podcast today. We're really excited to hear what you have to say about ministry. Hey, Eric. Hey, everybody. Great to be here with you. So, Mark, can you tell us a little bit about yourself? Yeah, so uh, I'm. Uh, my name is Mark Arnold. Uh, I'm based in a beach town called Bournemouth on the south coast of England. Uh, I'm married to Claire. We've been married for coming up for 35 years now. Uh, we have uh, two uh, grown-up children. Uh, so Phoebe's 22. She's just finished uh, at university. She's uh, got a, a degree in history. Uh, and our son, James, who's 20. Uh, and when James was two, he was diagnosed as autistic and with learning difficulties. And he's uh, collected diagnoses of epilepsy and anxiety along the way, too. So that's our, our little family group. And we have a crazy nearly 14-year-old cocker spaniel called Ella, uh, who loves to swim. Uh, so, uh, so yeah, that's a little about us. Uh, it's a great place to live down here in Bournemouth. The, the sun always shines. We've got miles and miles of beach. You know, where would you go anywhere else? <laughs> well, that's great. Um, tell us a little bit about what inspired you to uh, work with children with special needs. Yeah, so I think that's a journey that... Uh, God have been preparing me for for a, a long time and I've pretty much all my adult life I've been involved in children's and youth work uh, mostly as a volunteer in in church uh, 15 years ago I uh, started working for a national children's and youth organization and uh, as part of that journey we were exploring a little bit about uh you know what we do as an organization uh, reaching groups uh, and churches across the UK and Ireland predominantly uh, and and we started to think about what what demographics are we missing who who's slipping through the net of of the ministry work that we're doing here uh, and so there was an opportunity for us as team to take a bit of our time and invest in a project that uh, helped to fill some of those gaps. And uh, for me, because of our journey with James uh, and his uh, additional needs that, that he's got, that that was a, a clear direction for me. But also having been involved in children's and youth work for so long, I've seen inclusion and accessibility done well in some cases, but also in lots of places, uh, you know, where there was some room for improvement. Yeah, the heart was there, but actually, yeah, people uh, were struggling uh, with that. So, so that became my focus. I was uh, I was uh, operations director uh, at Urban Saints during that period, and this ministry area just really, 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 really grew. And 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 what what we discovered is uh, that there wasn't a huge amount going on 
uh, across the UK and Ireland to fill that gap. There were uh, a few people that were doing some great stuff, but uh, yeah, it was a massively underrepresented area of children's and youth ministry. And one that, you know, because of our own journey uh, at church, at home uh, and through Urban Saints that felt very much called to. That's great. So I, you mentioned Urban Saints. So can you tell us kind of like how you became involved in it? And then, uh, you know, what is their uh, specific goal or mission statement as you would for their ministry? Yeah. So uh, how I got involved in it is, you know how sometimes God gets on your case and he's nagging you about something. Well, I was working in uh, in mobile telecoms uh, and uh, I was traveling the world, uh, managing training teams. I'd, I'd been uh, all over the place, been to North America, uh, to Canada, uh, and uh, lots of different places around the world uh, running teams there. And uh, that was great. And when I was back home in the UK, I was involved in children's and youth work, as I was uh, mentioning just now. But really sensed that God had something else that he wanted me uh, to do. And uh, I was at a, a big UK Christian uh, festival called Spring Harvest. Uh, it runs at Easter time. Uh, and I was there with, uh, with with Claire, Phoebe and James, who were there as family. And I really sensed God still bugging me about this thing that he wanted me to do. And uh, in their big sort of exhibition area at this conference, there was a jobs board. And on this jobs board, there's loads and loads and loads of different ministry jobs across the UK. Uh, I remember being quite cross with God and saying, look, yeah, if there's something you want me to do, if it's on this board, then, hey, how about giving me a clue here and, and showing me? Uh, <laughs> and I'm not going to say that there was like a shaft of light that shone down and lit up on this uh, part of the board. But I felt drawn towards this particular area. And uh, I looked at this job that was there and... It, it seemed to fit all the things that that I did uh, as a volunteer in children's and youth work, uh, but also as a professional uh, in running teams and and managing projects and and a whole bunch of stuff there. So I got in touch with them uh, and said, "Hey, here's what I do. Here's what I could bring." Uh, and a bit of a lengthy interview process later, uh, I landed there as uh, a member of the the team, uh, which eventually would would be the ops director. Uh, of Urban Saints. And Urban Saints has been involved in uh, frontline uh, Christian children's and youth work across the UK for, uh, well, now it's 115 years. Uh, it's a, a long, long time that we've been involved in this. And we we uh, resource churches, we resource independent youth and children's work. Uh, we run camps and, and holidays, uh, especially this time of year. It's really busy for all that at the moment. Uh, sometimes we run overseas mission trips and take young people on mission. Uh, but the the heart really is to, through all of that, uh, introduce uh, young people uh, to, to to their Lord and Saviour, to show them that there's hope, to show them that there's a, a better future for them than maybe the one that they uh, were envis envisaging. And uh, yeah, in doing that, we've seen hundreds and hundreds of thousands of young people uh, committing their life to Christ over uh, all those years. And so, yeah, it's an absolute privilege to have been working there. I, when I first started there, I thought I'll give this five years. I'll give them, you know, five years of my time and then maybe go back into telecoms or something again. Um, well, here I am 15 years later and showing no signs of uh, going anywhere else. So it's, uh, it's a great place to be. 
That's fantastic. I love the story and the heart of the mission of, uh, you know, your ministry. And uh, yeah, I can imagine um, kind of leading into this, that you have some tremendous stories of life you've impacted through this, you know, people becoming safe, families being affected, but would you have the opportunity to maybe share a couple of those yeah. stories uh, with us in particular with, uh, with families with additional. Well, let me, needs. let me share a, a, a story of a church that I did some training with and uh, the impact that, that that's had and how their ministry has changed. But also uh, let me share a, a story of a, of an individual child and how almost against the odds that that, that child responded in wonderful ways uh, to uh, what was going on uh, in that particular uh, activity. So the, the big church story, uh, I went to do uh, some training at a church uh, in a, a city called uh, St Albans, which is just north of London uh, in England. And they invited me to come along and do some training because they had a couple of children in their children's work that had additional needs of different kinds. And they wanted to really make a difference for those two children uh, and to really be geared up and, and trained and prepared to be able to make a difference for them, to include them, to help them to belong. So I rocked up and did some training for them. And one of the things that I share in, in my training is the importance of somebody owning this within the church, somebody being uh, you know, championing this, leading this uh, within the church, because yeah, we all know how many pressures there are on church teams, and mm-hmm. if if there's nobody leading it, then it's it inadvertently can slip down the priority list. And so, yeah, the importance of an inclusion champion very real. Uh, and uh, a woman called Karen came to see me at the end of the training and say, "Hey, I'm going to be the inclusion champion here. I'm going to be the one that 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 really leads this. And the team are all, you know, behind me, and we're going to do this as a team. But I'm going to champion this." And I was so encouraged by that. Gave her some more resources to help her with that. Uh, and I, a couple of years later. Uh, I bumped into Karen at a conference. I said, hey, Karen, how is it going? How is it going with those children that uh, uh, you were looking to support? And she says, oh, it's going really, really well. You, you remember the two children that we wanted to support better when you came along? And yeah, yeah, I remember uh, that really clearly. And she says, well, we're, we're now supporting 22 children wow. uh, and the families that they're a part of. Uh, and it's just grown and grown and grown and grown. Uh, and so, you know, that area of ministry for them had become much bigger and it continues to grow to this day uh, they're doing amazing work there so yeah some great stuff uh, that uh, that transforms church because if we get this right for children and young people with additional needs and their families we, we get it right for everybody and that's what they found at, uh, at St Paul's Church in St Albans and then um, there's uh, the story of uh, let, let's call him Jack uh, so I was at a uh, a festival event and Jack was there. Jack uh, is uh, about eight, nine years old, uh, an autistic boy uh, who's nonverbal, doesn't speak, communicates uh, through gestures and sounds and uh, uses a few symbols, but uh, very limited uh, communication there, really. Uh, and there was a, 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 the session he was in. Uh, they were trying to include him and help him and support him. But on the uh, the occasion when I visited the, the, the session to see how it was all going, uh, Jack was just building a, a tower out of wooden blocks. Uh, and that's all he was doing. He was building this tower out of blocks and it would fall over 
uh, and then he'd build it again. And I went and sat alongside him and the tower of blocks fell in my direction. Uh, and uh, that gave me an opportunity to join in and together we could build a bigger tower. And he loved that. And when the big tower fell over, he had a great belly laugh. Uh, mm-hmm. And I always remember his laugh and, and it was just wonderful to hear. Uh, and I, I spent way too much time there, really. Uh, I neglected all the other things I was supposed to be doing, but I just loved spending time with Jack. And eventually I had to move on to the other things I was doing. And as I as I was leaving that area, I looked back and I saw Jack and he was just building his little tower again and it fell over and there was no belly laugh. I thought, oh, you know, what are we doing? Are we are we including Jack in anything? Are we, you know, is, is the, the, the message that we're trying to, um, help children understand, you know, about Jesus and about, uh, you know, the life he has for them. Is that in any way getting through to Jack? And it really troubled me, really yeah. worried me. Uh, and a couple of days after that, uh, festival event finished, I got the answer to that question because, uh, the team at the festival phoned me to say they'd had a call from the family who, uh, on the way home from the festival, uh, there's Jack, uh, this boy who is nonverbal. He sat in the back of the car and he starts to sing three words from uh, one of the worship songs they'd been using uh, in the session that he was in. He doesn't speak. Uh, he's never sung before. Uh, but here he is singing these three words over and over and over again. And the uh, the three words were from the song Cornerstone. Uh, the Hillsong, uh, Hillsong's uh, song Cornerstone. And the three words that he was singing over and over again were weak made strong, weak mm. made strong. And he was just singing that over and over. And as he did that, um, his family said there was just light shining from his eyes. It was just wonderful encounter uh, with God. So yeah, hey, maybe we'd uh, not done a huge amount to help Jack to connect with God, but God had done plenty uh, to connect with Jack uh, and had really done some amazing stuff for him. So, wow, what a what a wonderful blessing that was to hear that news. Yeah, that's a fantastic story. You know, one of the blessings, I think, um, in working with these special needs kids is the purity of their heart and the way mm. they are able to share with the world unconditional love. Um my my daughter is quite verbal um, and we go shopping and do trips and things like that. And she literally will just, you know, engage with people. Her mentality is to make friends. She's a witness to me, like how Jesus would actually live, go out and engage people in their life. Oh, and we just might happen to go shopping, you know, make friends in, a, in our local stores and, and, and do these things. And, and that unconditional love, very few people reject it. They just are, uh, receiving it. And she can tell people about Jesus that, you know, I could go by and they would, wouldn't receive it, but her heart of purity and her love oh, well, well, uh, yeah. allows people to receive it. So your stories are amazing. And, you know, you have somebody that in this case, nonverbal, and now he's sharing and what's in his heart. I mean, what a, what a message weak become strong. If that's not, you know, the message of these children that we work with, you know, God, takes the least of these and he sends a message of what he really can do and where his heart is. So absolutely. You know, that wasn't a random three words that, no. uh, that Jack was singing. That was something God had really placed uh, in, in him on his heart and uh, that he was responding to God's love with, with those three words. And yeah, it just brings a, a lump to my throat. Just thinking about it again. Now it's just, yeah, just, just a joy to remember Jack. 
You can just see God at work, God at work in the individual, and then God in more in a corporate environment as well and trying to bring mm. people together and see see what can be done. You know, just sitting beside that child, how much joy that brought to him. He felt yeah. a part of something bigger than just himself. And, uh, mm. you know, just the evidence of that is fantastic. Uh, leading into that, uh, I, I understand that you uh, started something called the, or co-founder of the Additional Needs Alliance. I imagine that has something to do with championing things for churches and other places too. Um, so can you hear about that? Yeah. So uh, the Additional Needs Alliance has been going for uh, a few years now. It started off uh, with a friend of mine. So when I first started getting involved in Additional Needs ministry work, uh, one of the first things I did was to look around to see uh, who was already out there doing something, you know, who, who could I play with uh, and, uh, and and join in with. And yeah, there weren't a huge amount of people uh, out there doing stuff, but I found Kay, uh, Kay Morgan Gurr, who uh, was heading up something called Children Worldwide. And uh, she was uh, doing a load of work in this space too. So Kay and I very quickly became very good friends and we got invited to come and speak at a, a conference, a children's workers conference that ran over a weekend. And we we had about four seminar sessions over the course of that weekend that we were running together. And what we found was that the same people came to all of those sessions. So we had the same group to work with pretty much each time. And we, we just sort of developed the conversation a bit further. And when we got to the end of the fourth session, the final session, they were saying, hey, you know, we'd love to stay connected. Is there any way, you know, is there anything we can connect into? Any uh, way that we can continue to journey together and, and share stuff together? And we said, well, actually, there isn't, but maybe there should be. And so we, uh, we we started up a Facebook group uh, with the sort of 30 or so people that, that had been uh, in our seminar group for, for this conference, uh, and uh, we called it the Additional Needs Alliance. And the Facebook group is still there as a very lively, uh, vibrant group. Uh, there's about 3,000 people that connect into it uh, these days, and they're all children's, youth, families, workers, church leaders, parents, carers, practitioners, anybody who's who's passionate about uh, supporting and journeying with them and working with children with additional needs. And so we, we have that group which continues to, to really be well supported. There's lots going on there. Uh, and then we developed a, a website so that resources and links to churches and a whole bunch of other things that we wanted to do uh, could be provided as well. And so um, additional needs alliance dot org.uk is the the website for that and the website and the facebook group together uh just increasingly being used by folk across the uk and ireland but increasingly also elsewhere in the world too uh, mm -hmm. just to to link in and uh, and share ideas and access resources and ask questions and uh answer questions and give give advice and just a a vibrant place to yeah, to share that journey. Because what we've found is that uh, so many children's youth families workers in churches around the place uh, find uh, that it can be quite a lonely place to be trying to, you know, figure this out, uh, you know, and, and trying to work, work out what they can do, what's, what's going to be helpful for the children they're journeying with, making sure they know what the pitfalls are, you know, what, what to mm -hmm. avoid. Uh, and, uh, you know, where do you go for that? Well, you know, here's a group that can just join people together. And, and what people find when they join is 
there will be people that are further down the road than them that can help them and give them advice. But there might be some people that are uh, perhaps behind them on the journey too, that that they can encourage and help too. And, and you know, we, we can journey together and help each other. So yeah, it's a great community. Uh, it's a, a great place to be. Kay and I are still thrilled uh, that this thing uh, that came out of that conference uh, a few years ago is uh, blessing so many people uh, and helping so much children's and youth work uh, across certainly the UK and Ireland, but increasingly yeah. reaching out to other places too. You know, that's just so fantastic. You know, thinking about this, it's one of the common threads that seem to go through it is that idea that you're isolated, you're kind of alone, you feel at that. Um, and yet, as you reach out, and especially nowadays with, you know, uh, social media, internet and things like that, these types of groups, you realize that common thread of people that you're working through, whether mm-hmm. I mean, here we are in the United States, you're in England, but it's still the same common thread, same common things that we're going through and, and realizing that's normal and then setting up for success. And I love the fact how much, how proactive you guys are in churches, um, and trying to do that, um, why don't you talk a little bit about the book that you wrote and uh, and then kind of leading into some of the stuff that you go and do into churches. So I know the book that you wrote is how to include autistic children and young people in church. Um, what inspired you to write that book and kind of the process that went about doing that and now we're, what that book is now doing um, to churches? Yeah. So, so the inspiration for it really uh, is uh, you know, James was 20 this year. Thinking about the stuff that uh, that we'd learned uh, about church and about how to make church work for uh, children and young people who are autistic, uh, and just uh, helping to sort of think through some of the uh, some of the barriers that autistic children and young people can experience, and uh, you know, how to help churches to identify and reduce and remove those barriers, and you know, loads of stuff around. You know, some of the myths that I've heard around autism and a whole bunch of things that all came together and got got me thinking, hey, there's there's something here that could be really helpful to to churches. I was uh, getting lots and lots of training requests to uh, to talk to churches generally about supporting children with uh, additional needs. But a lot of the time, uh, it, autism was being mentioned as a part of that. And, and so I thought, yeah, there's there's a real need. Uh, to try and, and provide a, a, a resource that can help churches uh, that are on this journey. So, so that's where the the, the book started. Uh, and uh, what I w- also wanted to do is make sure that the book uh, really represented the autistic community. So I was looking for, uh, and particularly the, the community of autistic children and young people. Now, obviously, I'm dad to one, uh, but uh, I also uh, you know have friends who have autistic uh, uh, children, young people, young adults as well. And so you know, I, I drew on their experiences and, and their, uh, their knowledge and the things that they found hard and how uh, those things have been overcome. And, and, and so brought together those voices uh, and, and the experience I've had over uh, you know, that period too and, and, and brought it into into this book and uh yeah i mean the book's been uh, a, a you know a great success i'm thrilled to say churches across uh, the uk and ireland have been uh, uh grabbing uh, their copy of it uh, and working through how to make a difference in their setting and 
uh, we're now uh, rolling out some training that goes alongside that as well. So uh, churches that have, you know, want to sort of work this through as a team uh, can now join in with some training that helps them to work through the book uh, in a way that's relevant for them in their context, in their setting with the children, young people that they're journeying with uh, and to yeah help them to to really engage with this and, and make a, a difference for uh, the autistic children and young people uh, that they're journeying with. I, I think what we've found is that a lot of churches are nervous generally about uh, where to start engaging with uh, children, young people with a range of different additional needs and nervous particularly uh, around autistic children and young people because, you know, they, they've just... I guess that maybe they anecdotally have heard, oh, well, you know, this can be really hard. And, you know, if you get it wrong, then uh, you can get in real trouble. And and there's just a, a general fear uh, of, of getting this wrong. And so this resource helps them to overcome that fear, uh, to, to get it right, to journey with uh, autistic children, young people uh, and their families and to transform church because, you know, as I was saying earlier, when we get this right for children, young people, families uh, with additional needs of any kind, and you know, uh, autistic children, young people, as a part of that, we make church better for everyone. We make church a place where everyone belongs, and um, that's got to be a good thing. Oh, absolutely! You know, really, really appreciate you sharing all this. Um, maybe what's uh, what's something you'd want to share to say a church or even families wanting their church to uh, start a disability in uh, ministry you know what what advice would you have to them if they don't really have one or very very basic uh, ministry how to get that started and and start moving to serving more kids yeah I mean there's there's a hundred and one different things that that we could uh, add into answers to that question but I think I'll go with two. Uh, and uh, one I've touched on already, and that's to have somebody that owns this, somebody as an inclusion champion, somebody that that just uh, takes the lead in this and makes sure it stays on the church's radar, uh, that it's always got that focus. But what I would say alongside that, sort of equal first uh, with having an inclusion champion, is to uh, seek and listen to and understand the views uh, and input of uh, families of children and young people with additional needs themselves. So, so often, one of the pitfalls that we can all too readily fall into is to go off inventing the wheel, uh, mm-hmm. putting a whole bunch of things in place, and then find out that actually that's not what uh, the families that we're trying to reach need at all. And if we'd only asked them, uh, then they could have helped us. And uh, sometimes churches go down that route because they're they're nervous about asking oh well maybe if we do some stuff then then that that's a good place to start but actually the best place to start is always to ask and uh you know if we're thinking about a, a child or young person with additional needs often uh almost all the time there's going to be some kind of support plan in place for them at school for example mm-hmm. it's going to be some kind of support that regularly uh the family give to that child different ways of doing things that that they've got used to as well uh, and what we need to do is to learn from those experiences and 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 hear about what works for uh, that child or young person at home what works for them at school what 
what they find really helpful in those other areas of their lives and then think about okay how can we make that work at church Mm-hmm. And can we take that idea uh, of how uh, that that child supported at school and uh, and bring that into our children's work and apply it there? Because that does two things. Uh, it means we're not uh, reinventing the wheel. There's a really good wheel rolling along that we're now uh, taking uh, some uh, tips from. But also uh, for that child or young person, there's continuity. There's that uh, yeah. familiarity that, hey, you know, when they come to church, they're being supported in a similar way to how they're supported when they're at school and how they're supported when they're at home. Mm-hmm. Uh, and that gives them uh, a, a much better feeling. It takes away some of the stress and anxiety that can be real triggers uh, for uh, children and young people with additional needs. So, yeah, 101 different things that, that, that I could share about there. But I think having somebody that owns this and mm-hmm. listening to families and then applying that learning into uh, what we offer in church is probably the, the 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 two key starting point ideas that you can then build lots more on top of. Yeah, it sounds great. I know that uh, we've seen churches be successful when they when they have a a team working around and it's not just one person and, yeah. and that team, especially including uh, family members, because like you say, they know who what works for their own children. And yeah. so many of these things, the structures and, and the the systems that are put in place, you know, they can work for other children as well with small adaptation. And, and so making those things and, and building community together, I really like that. Um, you know, as you're talking about that, what, what advice might you have if you can't find somebody that's championing this cause? Because I know that is a, a, a common thing mm. as you're looking with a church, you know, that uh, you, you may have somebody or and that person may move on and then the program kind of dissolves or maybe there's not somebody. So it's hard to take off the ground. What advice might you have for uh, those people trying to start a church ministry and getting it off the ground? So I think, uh, yeah, I've got a, a couple of thoughts on that. And one of them may uh, at first come across as a little bit controversial, uh, but I will explain why. Uh, because I would always recommend that ideally the person who's uh, championing inclusion within a church um, isn't the parent of uh, a child or young person mm-hmm. with additional needs themselves. Uh, and if you can, you know, <laughs> why is he saying that? Well, I'm, I'm saying that because um, I, I would really love for those uh, those parents to actually be spiritually fed within the church, to, to actually be able to uh, take part in what else is going on in church and uh, and not for church just to be another extension of what's going on in their home and and everywhere else you know so so maybe you know maybe god's gifted them in all sorts of different ways maybe they can preach or or teach or uh play worship music or greet on the door or you know 101 other things um but uh but if if what they're doing is being the inclusion champion well they're you know that's what they do 365 days of the year uh and and so giving them a little bit of a break from that uh could could be a good thing so who else do you have that does that well uh look across your church community what um adults who have a disability or additional needs uh do you have that maybe could be somebody that could uh take a lead uh in this area maybe a couple of people that could work together uh i think it was great that you you, you 
picked up on the point that you know this this is led by one person maybe uh but there's a team that backs that one person up so there's a, mm-hmm. a whole area here that uh that that's a focus it's not just down to one person but but maybe one person or a couple of people will take the lead in this and uh, and, and guide that team. So, yeah, is, is there somebody with first-hand experience of additional needs or disability themselves uh, that could be uh, a person that could could lead this uh, for the church and and to help the children's and youth team, uh, particularly as they take that forward? Uh, because then. Uh, that's giving uh, them the opportunity to use the experience they've gained uh, in their lives to, uh, to to help others. But it also means that uh, the uh, the parents of of, of those children uh, can hate. They can just uh, chill out as part of the the church congregation, mm-hmm. or they can take an active part in some other way. But you know, they they could just take a breather from. Mm-hmm. focusing on uh, additional needs support for, for the time that they're at church. Obviously, they're going to still be involved. They're going to be giving their, their thoughts and ideas into help, but um, somebody else could lead it. Uh, that, that that could be a good thing. Yeah, that's just fantastic advice. You know, so many of our families, I think, uh, they're either doing exactly what you're saying, going to church, and they're the ones serving their child, just like any other thing. And how much of the message or worship are they actually partaking in that that's a challenge in and of itself mm-hmm. uh definitely with that so um man good advice uh and, and hopefully that uh <laughs> more and more families are being served in this way you know mm-hmm. it's so good to talk to you you know all of your wisdom being able to share share this with the ministry and so forth one of the things we always love to do is ask our um our guests is what is one thing that you'd like to share with our listeners to help encourage them and bring hope for the road ahead yeah i think uh the the one thing i'd encourage you uh, to do is to start this uh, take that first step uh because uh, you know that, that 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 old phrase that's you know so true that the the hardest step on any journey is the first, uh, but once you've taken that first step, uh, then uh, it becomes easier. Uh, you're on the journey then, and and there are whole communities. We talked earlier about the Additional Needs Alliance. There are whole communities out there that are that are there to support churches and uh, and to support. Uh, folk in ministry who who want to make a difference uh you know when when we think about the the things that uh that jesus did the the people jesus met so often in those encounters he had with people uh with disabilities or health conditions or you know whatever they were journeying with um he taught us so much in those encounters about how to do this well uh, so we've got some some great tips there but uh, yeah my 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 encouragement would be to uh, to, to to make a start uh, to to just get alongside those families and say hey you know we we, we want to really make this work for you as a family what what would you suggest we start with you know what are your your tips for us and to, to gather that that knowledge together and then and then take that first step because uh, you know i've said this a couple of times if we get this right for uh, families with children and young people with additional needs, we get it right for everybody. And churches mm-hmm. that are inclusive of families uh, with children and young people with additional needs, wow, you, you you sense that as you as you visit those places, you you just feel um, that love that they have for for everybody, whatever they're bringing uh, in, into church, uh, and 
yeah, it's just a, a, a wonderful experience, a wonderful place to be. Uh, and I would just encourage, uh, yeah, just take that first step uh, and see what God does with that. You'll be uh, you'll be just full of awe at what God does uh, when you take that first step and start to include families with children and young people with additional needs. Oh, Mark, this is just fantastic. We thank you just so much for coming on, sharing your wisdom and your experiences you. working with churches and, and you know, children with uh, additional needs. And, you know, really appreciate it. I know our listeners are really going to enjoy this. That's great. Thanks for having me. It's been really great to uh, to share and yeah, hope a little of of what I've been able to share has been helpful. If, you know, if anybody wants to follow up on anything, then then do please be in touch. That's great. We will leave the uh, contact information for you in the show notes so that all our listeners can can have those things and be able to reach out to you. So thanks so much. Brilliant. Thank you. Resources and contact information for today's podcast will be included in the show notes. If you enjoyed this podcast, please share us with others and be sure to follow us so you won't miss an episode. And we'd love to hear from you, so please leave us a comment or rating and connect with us on social media or on our website at hopeonthehardroad.org.